Come on, everybody. Let's just take a moment. Don't get in a hurry. God is in this place right now. Ah, yes, He is. He's here right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I never get tired of feeling the presence of the Lord. I never get tired. If you want to know what keeps me going, it's this right here. If we didn't have this, I would have given up a long time ago. But just about the time you've reached the end of what you can do, you step into the presence of the Lord and He just pushes you to another level. You step into a place and that wave of His Spirit just picks you up and lifts you and moves you past whatever it was you were fighting. Amen. Do you understand? That's the Holy Ghost talking to you right now. There's a wave of the Spirit that's trying to help lift you up a little bit and get you off. Hallelujah. 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 There's nothing that we can do except depend on the Lord. And I am so thankful today that I learned that a long time ago. It really isn't about me, it's about Him. And if I keep that perspective, He will always help me. Amen. Thank you again for being in the house of the Lord. Thank you, church, for your kindness to me and my wife. We certainly love you. There have been a few times in my life that I've sat down and wondered, have we done all that we could have? And uh, certainly... When you look at life that way, you realize, no, you haven't. But you do what you can. I am not haunted, but I am challenged by something that Brother Steve shared with me and I've shared with you over the last few months, the last year, is God getting what he paid for. And that, more than anything, is what drives me to do what I do. I want to give him what he paid for and he paid quite a price because he loved me and he deserves my very best amen turn to somebody and say God wants more from me he wants more from me not you he wants more from me say it that way God wants more from me amen amen thank you for your presence here today and we are mindful of the time that uh, there will be a meal for those that signed up. I hope you did. If you didn't, we'll tell you about it tonight. Amen. Good to have the Frizzells home and so delighted that they're with us today. Men, I'm going to a different chapter, same book, going to a different chapter, Mark chapter 8. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Mark chapter 8, beginning with verse number 22. Down through verse 26. Amen. Everybody said amen. Amen. Please remember this week, Thursday night is a great opportunity for you to bring your grandkids, your neighbors, your enemies' kids, uh, anybody's kids. Bring them here Thursday night. They're going to have a great time, and you'll have a great time of fellowship as well. There's a kid in all of us. And it's amazing what happens when we get together and the kids are having fun. We wind up having fun as well. So remember Thursday night and then Saturday, 
a, a concert, a music that's going to bless you. You're going to be blessed by several different singing groups, and uh, our own group will be singing some. But come Saturday evening for a great time of blessing. Mark chapter 8 and verse number 22. And he cometh to Bethsaida, and they bring a blind man unto him, and besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when, the, <clears throat> when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw aught. And he looked up and he said, I see men as trees walking. After that, he put his hands up again upon his eyes and made him look up. And he restored and saw every man clearly. And he sent him away to his house, saying, Neither go into this town nor tell it to any in the town. <clears throat> Verse number 25. And the scripture says, And he put his hands again upon his eyes, and he made him look up. I want you to underscore those four words, made him look up. Sometimes God has to make us look up. But if we will, if we will, everybody say if we will, it'll make a difference. God bless you, you may be seated. There are times when the right word is worth its weight in gold. I'm certain that you know what I'm talking about, but there are times that I've had to face things with people when you didn't know what to say and you certainly didn't know how to pray. You didn't know how to deal with the present situation. What do you say to a man or a woman or a family or a young person that has suffered a severe setback in their life, or they have uh, dealt, been dealt a severe blow. <clears throat> They've gone through years of disappointment or years of frustration or agony or sorrow. How, how do you <clears throat> approach them? How do you say the right thing to that person who has suffered a setback and there's no explanation for it. There's no rhyme or reason. How, how do you pray over a long-standing issue? <clears throat> Maybe in your life or in your family, someone's life that you are connected with. I have prayed today that God would give me such a word for someone here today that when you leave here, you will leave in a different frame of mind than you came. This is one of the most interesting miracles in the Bible. I love to study the miraculous work of the Lord, and I believe that in everything that He did, there was not only the miracle itself, but there was a lesson that was within the miracle. And so when you read the miraculous things that the Lord did and the many things that He performed, you want to always go back and remember that there's something beyond just the miracle of the moment, but there's a lesson, there's a principle involved. 
And, and in this particular story, a blind man has been brought to the Lord and they want him to touch him. Everybody say touch him. And here is Christ at his best. Here he is at work and he does some strange things. He, he does some odd things in this miracle that he doesn't do anywhere else. He uses some unusual methods to accomplish his purpose. And instead of doing what they thought he would do, <clears throat> he did probably the exact opposite. Instead of doing before them what they had requested or what they were expecting, he takes the man by the hand and he leads him out of town. And I want <clears throat> today to share with you some things that I believe... God spoke to me for you. I believe that men arrive at certain junctures in life in relation to the Lord from many different processes. One man is found by Christ. One man is found by the Lord himself. Another man comes to him on his own. And then you find it that there were some who were brought to the Lord as this man was. And <clears throat> then there are some who are led again as this man was led. The point is it doesn't matter how you get there as long as you get there. It doesn't really matter how you got here today. It doesn't matter what all you've had to go through. It doesn't <clears throat> really matter what you've had to deal with in your life. It, it doesn't really matter what you're frustrated over today. If there's a need in your life, He is here to help you in your need and you are in the right place at the right time and God has an answer for your situation. Amen. The Bible said that they besought Him to touch Him. Evidently, they had seen Him operate. They had watched him as he had touched others. And so when they came to the Lord with this blind man and his need, they wanted God to do what they had always seen him do. But God in this instant chose to operate in a completely different manner. Instead of the Lord doing the, the work the way they had requested that the work be done, God took the man by the hand and he leads him out of town and does a complete different and unique operation that he doesn't do in any other miracle. There's none of this that happens again in any of the New Testament story. But it is a principle that you and I have to be careful that we do not limit or tie the hand of God that is reaching out to help us, though it may be contrary to what we wanted or what we thought or how we felt it was going to come. You have to be careful that you don't tie the hand of God with some preconceived notion as to how God's supposed to work all of this out. 
And we're all guilty of that at some point in our life. We come to the Lord and we have it in our mind. The Lord's going to do it this way or that way or some way that we've seen before. And God said, hey, I'm not limited to what I've done before. I'm a creative God. I'm a God who can speak a word and a world come into existence. So I don't need to duplicate what I've done. Whatever your need is at this moment is unique to this moment. And I have a way of doing things right now to help you you can't even imagine. I can blow your mind this morning with what I am capable of doing. But you and I, if we're not careful, we tie the hand of God that we desire to touch us with these preconceived ideas. We are careful in so many areas, but but in this one, and we try to tie the hand that we seek to touch us and help us. My message is simple this morning. Please don't limit God to a certain method of operation in your life. Don't limit God to some narrow little sphere in which you live and you think, well, this is how He did it before and this is how God always has done it in my life. And every time I've prayed before, God's worked it out this way. Do you understand me this morning that God has some ways to take you that you've never been before? And God has some ways of working some things out in your life that nobody's ever seen or has never been heard of before. Nobody's ever done it this way. Amen. Somebody say amen. Don't limit God. Be careful that you don't come with so many preconceived ideas about how God's supposed to do something that you start playing God. You know what? I've pastored a long time, it seems. It really isn't that long when I talk to my friends that pastored 42 years or 43 years. I get really feeling tired when he talks about 40 years of this. But, you know, I think about all of the years of pastoring and It's amazing in my 21 years of trying to help people how many good people try to play God. How many good people try to manipulate God to get God to do what they want Him to do the way they want God to do it. The need is desperate. The man is blind. He needs help. He doesn't need to live another day in darkness. But the fact is, they wanted the Lord to touch him. They've seen it like that before. They have been a part of that kind of miracle. They have been involved in that kind of work. But instead of touching him, he takes him by the hand and he leads him outside the gates of the city. And he does some most unusual things. He spits in his eye. I mean, he... That's enough right there to make some of you gather your belongings. You think it's too cold. You'd really get mad if it was, if somebody come into the service today and said, okay, this is how God's gonna fix your problem. And they just, just felt that warm spittle dripping down your face. You'd get mad. You'd you'd be packing right now. You wouldn't even be waiting for me to say goodbye. The fact is, the Lord has ways of operating that you and I don't even see or know. And if we're not careful, we try to manipulate God and we try to play God and work Him so it works out the way we want it to work out. I wonder today if God sent me to tell somebody Get off the throne and let him rule. 
Amen. Maybe God sent me to tell somebody this morning that it's time for you to open your hand and let it go. And if you just let God work, God will work it out. If you just let God do what He's good at doing, He will fix the problem. He will bring you to where you need to be. He will not leave you somewhere along the road, but He's going to make sure that when you get through, He's going to have done exactly what you need. It's just not going to be in the way that you thought he was going to do it and it's not going to be in the method or the means that you thought he might accomplish it. Amen. So many of us try to orchestrate our life. Amen. We try to orchestrate. We try to make opportunities. Amen. I need to be careful here. I don't want to get wasted, but... There's some people, instead of waiting on God to open doors in their life, they get on Facebook and try to open doors. Or they get, on, uh, they get involved in, in, in other issues or relationships or, 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 or connections or, or jobs or whatever else. They start looking other places when the truth of the matter is, if I really need God's help, why don't I let God help me? Instead of trying to manipulate God and massage God's hand and say, Okay, God, I need you to fix it this way. I need you to do this, but I want you to do it this way. If you're going to ask God to do a miracle in your life, just let God do it the way He wants to do it. And it may be greater than you've ever imagined, but I promise you when you get through, you're going to like what God's done. Amen. God has ways of working that you and I haven't even seen yet. And is not dependent on doing something again. He can do it for the first time. Amen. Somebody say the first time. The second thing that I want you to consider with me is the fact that he took him by the hand and he led him out of town. Now why, why would the Lord lead this man out of the, the, the town that he was so accustomed to? Could it be that there are times that the only way the miracle is ever going to come in your life is you've got to get away from the familiar and the things that you are, listen to me, the things that you are co-dependent upon? You get so used to living in a certain environment and with certain limitations and with certain problems and you get so used to living within the realm of certain weaknesses or insufficiencies that you, you're comfortable there. This is, this is my town. This is my home. This is my locale. This is my hanging place. And we like it there. But God takes us by the hand and said, No, I'm not going to be able to do what I need to do with you being there. I need to get you away from the food. First of all, sometimes God has to move us away from the things that we are codependent upon because the fact is we're more dependent on that than we are on Him. And He has to bring us to a place where the only one we have to lean on is Him. There's no crowd. There's no disciples. There's nobody else. It's just you and Jesus out there on the side of the road. And it's there that the Lord brings a man to a place where he realizes, I don't need all that stuff if I have him. I wonder how many of us this morning are frustrated. And we're frustrated because 
Things are not working the way we want them to work, but we're still living in the comfortable confines our surrounding. We're codependent on these things, and we can't live without them. And so God moves us at times. Being blind, He had to rely on a lot of people. Being blind, He was dependent on others. And God took Him away from that environment where He was dependent on others, so He would only be dependent on Him. I don't know if you know it, but I'm preaching to you right now. He brought him to a place where not only he could get him out of the familiar, but equally so he got him out of the environment of his failure. God wants to get you out of your environment of failure. He wants to get you out of your environment of shortcomings, of mistakes. And so instead of God working that miracle there, he takes him by the hand and leads him outside the city. Because there's some things you're only going to win the victory over when you get away from them. Hello? You're not going to win the victory over it if you still stay connected to them on Facebook. I'll beat that, that dog a little further. You're not going to get over it when you keep dragging it back up. Bury those bones. Leave them in the graveyard. Don't hide them in your closet. I don't know if you came prepared for this this morning or not. There's too many of us that are missing out on what God's wanting to do because we don't want to get away from our failures. We like wallowing. I, I've never understood that. I, I've never understood somebody that was that 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 wanted help and they came acknowledging they needed help. I, I don't understand people that say, Brother Hughes, would you please help me? And then when I sit down to try to help them, they dig their heels in and say, I shall not be moved. You ain't getting me to move. I'm not changing that. I'm not letting that go. I'm not going to quit doing that. I'm not going to quit being that. I'm not going to quit hanging with that. I'm not preaching to y'all. I'm preaching to all those people that are not here. (laughs) Y'all buy the tape and take it home. Somebody somewhere needs what I'm saying. You see, victory for some begins when they leave the familiar and they leave their failures behind and they go with Him to a place where He can do for them what He wants to do for them and what down in their heart they really want Him to do in their life. Man, amen. Amen. He took them away from the failure. You don't have to be afraid when God does that in your life because He is not going to leave you until He gets through with you. Amen. I want to remind you that this is the only progressive miracle that Jesus performed. All other miracles were instantaneous or when they were told to go show themselves to the priest on the way, they were healed, they realized they were healed. But it was with a word or with a touch. But this one miracle, this one instant was a progressive. It was not an instantaneous thing. 
He was no doubt waiting for the powerful touch or word to be spoken. And it, and it didn't happen that way. As a matter of fact, the Lord didn't even speak to him until the process was already in motion. He, he didn't even speak to him according to what Mark said until this thing was almost halfway over. N- listen to me. Not every good man can see God as clearly and quickly as others do. So don't beat yourself up if somebody beside you shouting and running the aisle and you're thinking, what's wrong with me? You may not be at that place yet, but if you just stay there and let God keep working on you, it won't be long until you will be there yourself. But we're not all in the same boat in that instance. We're not all made the same way. We're all structured differently and we all have our little idiosyncrasies and God knows that. And so God works with us and there are times that we are slow to come to the place we need to be. But my word to you is don't walk out of here and say God didn't do it. Or God's not God. Just stay around a little longer because God's still working. And His hand is still here. And if you'll just stay with Him, He will make sure that the end is to your liking. Hallelujah. Not every good man is going to see God in the same way. It's not always easy to get things straight in your life when you've been so long in a certain condition. I mean, when you've dealt with bitterness for a long time, I'll just take that. When you've dealt with bitterness for a long time and you've wrestled with that spirit in you and you get up in the morning, you think, I'm not going to be bitter today. And you go on your day and then all of a sudden one little thing happens and all of a sudden it just comes rushing back in and there you are trying to push it back down and say, no, but before the day's over with, you've let that leak out of you. It's not easy when you've dealt with bitterness for a long time to get away from that. It's not easy for you if you have dealt with setback after setback after setback and your middle name is setback. And, and it just seems like every time some people, you put the, they put their hand to it and it turns to gold. You put your hand to it and it turns to potatoes. You put your hand to it and it turns to squash. You put your hand to it and it turns to gourds. You, you, every, everything, every step you take is a misstep. You think, God, what's wrong with me? Why am I making... It's not always easy when you've had to come from that kind of background and the Lord's trying to bring you to a new place. It's not always easy to be patient with God and allow God to bring things about in your life in the way that He wants to bring it about and to know that it's not always done the same way. Amen. I'm going to hurry. I've got to hurry. Amen. The Lord used, I said it a while ago, He used a radical method. He he did some radical things. He spit in his eye. Before he felt the touch of his hand, he felt the warm oozing drip of spittle. You say, nobody's going to spit on me. Well, when you get tired enough of darkness, you might be surprised what you'll let God do in your life. 
When you get tired of being hurt and you get tired of being miserable and you get tired of being wretched and you get tired of being mean and you get tired of being bitter and you get tired of being angry and you get tired of being fussy, you'll be willing to let God do whatever He wants to do because I want deliverance. I want God to set me free from this mess. I want out of this junk. I'm tired of this mind. I'm tired of being locked away in this blind. I'm tired of being this kind of person. God, that's the reason that I came to you. I want you to touch me. I want you to help me. I want you to deliver me. I want you to pick me up. Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Amen. Don't dictate to God how he helps you. God, I'm not saying that God's literally going to spit in your eye or I'm going to spit in your eye. I'm not advocating crudeness. God's not advocating rudeness. But he is saying that if you want me to help you, you're going to have to quit dictating how I do it. You're going to have to quit telling me how I'm supposed to do my job. And just let me do my job. Oh, I don't know why I'm preaching this to y'all. Amen. Don't limit God to your limited view of life. I read the story of a young woman who learned the cooking trade and the cooking skills from her great-grandmother, but she learned it through her mother because her great-grandmother was dead. And her, her mother made the best roast, and she did it in this small pot. And so she one day she said, Mom, she had her own family, she said, Mom, I want you to teach me how you do roast like that. And the mom said, well, you go to the meat market and you pick out a good size roast and then you bring it home and you cut it in half and you put half, you put it in that pot and then you put the onions and pepper and seasoning and all that and then you put it on and you let it stew slowly, slowly. And she said, okay. So she went home and did that and there she saw that piece of meat sitting there that, that wasn't used and she thought, well, I must have misunderstood something. And so she goes back to her mom and she says, Mom, I did everything you told me, but I noticed I, I, I must have missed something. What did I do with that other piece? She said, oh, oh, I forgot to tell you. She said, the reason that I do it that way is because all I had was a six-inch pot. And a ten-pound roast won't fit in a six-inch pot. You know what? There's a lot of us that operate like that. We got life in a six-inch pot, and God's given us this big blessing. We're trying to figure how, how do you? So we cut it in half, and we wonder what are we going to do with the rest of this? We put it, and we're thinking, why did I do that? You just need to get a bigger pot. You need to get a bigger bowl. You, you need to realize that God's big enough to do whatever you and I need. That He's not limited by our limitations. He's not limited by my narrative. Could you imagine if God had to operate by only what I see? 
by only what you see? I mean, I have a better perspective this morning than you guys, but I don't see a whole lot. And if God's limited to what I see, but you know what the truth is? Many of us are struggling this morning with issues in our family and issues in our home and issues on the job. And it's because we are only allowing God through this little narrow scope of vision that we see of life. And we think that's, you know what, get your hand off and let God do it the way God will. Do you know what? There's doors out there that God can open that no man can shut. And there are doors that God God can shut that no man, no government, no entity can open them if you will just let God be God and let Him do what He is good at doing. Let Him do it God's way. After that second touch, the Bible said, and He made Him look up. This is what I really came to tell you. That's helpful to me today because there is so much in life that will cause you to look down. There's so much in life that will cause you to be depressed. He was on the verge of a breakthrough. He was on the verge of seeing what he had always desired, but he was frustrated because it wasn't working the way he thought it was going to work. And he'd been touched, but that wasn't enough. You know, there's sometimes, some of us just have to stay under that a little longer than others. Some of you, all it takes is for God just to breathe and you just fall out. I mean, if God moved in the next county, some of you would shiver because you could feel the presence. There's some of us that are a little harder to get to than that. There's some of us that are a little thicker-headed. And we, it takes God to touch us once and again and sometimes again and again and again. The point is, it doesn't matter how many times God has to touch me as long as I stay in the place where He can touch me and I stay where God can keep working on me. Because if I do, God's going to bring about the thing that I need. He's going to bring the miracle that I need in my life. Amen. And so he made him look up. And I hope today, I wish I could make you look up today. I wish I could make you lift your eyes. Because the Bible said when he made him look up, he saw clearly. Now I don't know I, I'm just, and this is just me, this is M.H., but I'm just wondering what he must have thought. The Lord touched him. He'd been spit on. That's, that's enough. He touched him. He said, what do you see? He's blurry. Things are kind of fuzzy. Things are not clear as they ought to be. He's uncertain. He said, well, what do you see? He said, I see men as trees. That's frustrating. I mean, that's pretty good. It's better than nothing, but that's not what you want. You know that's not how men really look. You, evidently, he had been able to see before because he knew what a man looked like. So here he is. He's, he said, I, I, I see men as trees, and the Lord keeps working on him. Now, I don't know, but in my mind, it's, it's as if I see this man. He's thinking, oh, no, here it is again. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew the moment I stepped in that service and they started singing all those songs and started juking it up and, and, and I felt pulled to the altar. I knew as soon as I did, I knew as soon as God, Brother Hughes got through preaching, I come down, he's going to get me to come down the altar. I'm going to lift my hands and then nothing really going to change. 
I still don't see very clearly. And that's why I think the Lord said, He touched him that second time, and then He said, He made him look up. I wish I could make some folks do some stuff this morning. Because one thing I would make you do is lift up your eyes and look because there is a healing and there is a miraculous work that God is trying to break through in your life too. And He will touch you and He will keep touching you until the work is complete. He won't leave you hanging. He's not going to leave you frustrated. He's not going to leave you with those feelings of inadequacy or those feelings that you're not going to ever be at where you need to be. If you'll just stay where you're at and let Him keep touching you, I promise you that if you'll just stay where He can put His hands on you again, you're going to see clearly. You're going to be able to look up one day and say, Yes, Lord, I see all men clear. I see what I need to see. I know what I need. I'm, I'm going to be what you call me to be. Come on, let's stand to our feet and praise Him together right now. Hallelujah. 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 Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Listen to me, folks. Don't give up on a blurred vision. Don't give up when you're frustrated. Don't give up when you've done something or you've made an effort in faith and it didn't turn out the way you wanted it or you thought it, it, it didn't work out the way. Don't get frustrated. Don't get mad at God when you take steps of faith and, and you say, well, Brother Hughes, I did that and nothing, nothing happened. How many of us have been there? Some of you are there right now. You're there right now. You've got an issue you've been praying about. You've got a matter that you keep dragging to the altar until you're tired. It's, it's got the bottom side wore off of it. You've drug it to the altar so much. And after a while you get to thinking, God, why do I need to bring this anymore? You bring it again. Because every time you bring it, it's a step closer to where you need to be. There are some things that are progressive with God. There's some things that God doesn't just move you through. He has to work you through them. Amen. My God, I wish I could preach the way I feel in my heart. I wish I could preach the way I felt like preaching at 1.30 this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, folks. Why don't you let Him take you by the hand? And let Him lead you instead of you trying to lead God. Why don't you reach out and say, God, whatever you want to do, however you want to do it, however you want to work it out, I just want you to work it out. Amen. Why don't you just reach up to Him right now and say, God, I need your help today more than I need anything else. I'm tired of trying to work things out. I'm trying, I'm, I don't want to manipulate the problems anymore. I don't want to try to massage. I just want to bring myself to the place where you can touch me again. I want to get myself in that place where you can help me. I want to get myself in that place where you can touch me a second time. And if need be a third time. And if need be a fourth time. 
And if need be another time, at another time. But I'm not leaving here, Lord, until the work is done. I'm not leaving here until you bring it to pass. I'm not bringing, I'm not bringing my needs for no reason at all. I'm not going to leave here frustrated all the time. I'm going to look up. I'm going to lift up my head. I'm going to look ahead because God's got something there that's going to blow my mind. He's got something out there that's greater than I can imagine. Oh, somebody look up this morning. Somebody look up this morning. Somebody lift up your eyes. Somebody lift up your voice. Lift up your hands. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Look away from your failures. Look away from your frustrations. Look away from your aggravations. Look away from your anger. Look away from your bitterness. Hallelujah. Anybody need a touch from Him today? Why don't you slip out right now and meet me at the altar? And say, God, here I am one more time. I'm not ashamed. I'm not embarrassed to tell you that I need it. I'm not afraid to come and stand before you right now. God, I need your touch. I don't see things like I need to. I don't don't feel the way I need to feel about the situation. I don't feel the way I need to feel about this problem. I need a revelation. I need an undertaking. I need an anointing upon my life. I need my mind to be touched again. I need my thoughts to be touched again. I need my spirit to be touched again. Yes, 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 yes.